I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of the T. Rowan Funky Show. This is your host, Ben Askren. As always, with my main man, Tommy Rollins. Tommy, what's, what's up, my up? man? How you doing? I'm good. Hey, I, you know, I wanted to... I was just feeling kind of thankful when I, I was worked out. I was driving home. Hopped in the shower quick before I hopped on, we hopped on this podcast. And used my defense soap in the shower. And, uh, you know, this is a shameless plug for our sponsor. But, you know, I'm thankful for that sponsor because th- there's not a lot of wrestling programming out there. Um, I mean, and no. I listen to about every podcast there is on wrestling. There's only... There's only a handful that really cover it, and you know when you and I were talking probably last September and said, "Hey, I want to do a pod." You said, "I want to do a podcast." I said, "I want to do a podcast," and I said, "We should do a podcast together." And then <laughs> right. we were lucky enough to find, uh, you know, a sponsor that would, that would pay the bills, let us be on the air every week, let people hear the show for free, and and just let two guys who have a lot of experience wrestling just sit down and talk about wrestling. So I'm feeling thankful for them. Uh, appreciate everything they've done for us and. You know, hope everyone that listens to this show uh, goes out and buys a, a, a few bottles of Defense Soap, a few bars of Defense Soap, maybe a few wipes, and uh, and make sure they give some uh, some good karma back to Defense Soap for all the good they do for wrestling. Yeah, brother. Hey, I don't want to uh, echo the sentiments too much, but I completely agree with you. Guy Seiko has built a great business in the wrestling community. He's, uh, you know, an entrepreneur within the wrestling community, and that's that's always nice to see. You need that. I think you need that type of stuff in our wrestling world. So we are very thankful, as you stated, and I'm pumped up. Nice. And uh, I guess the the other big news of the night, which you, we were just texting, uh, Ted Cruz just threw in the towel. He said, I, I can't beat the Donald. I'm going to fire You myself. called it, man. You called it. Man, I just, man, you know what? I just, I, I saw it and, you know, I wasn't sure whether I, I liked Trump, but I just saw that. He was given something the American people wanted. You know, American people right now, you can tell they're just they're kind of sick of the establishment candidates. They're kind of sick of the candidates who pander to every demographic and say exactly what they want to hear. And I think one of the things that I said way back then that holds true today is I think it's refreshing that Donald Trump says something and then as soon as someone's mad, he doesn't apologize about it. He doesn't say, oh, no, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant. No doubt um, about it. He sticks by his he, statements. So. He's He's... He's changed the way that traditional politicians have to interact. Um, when you're on the debate stage with Donald Trump, you cannot do the old old school rhetoric. It just doesn't work. You got to get in the game and blow, you know, throw punches with Donald Trump. So that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's kind of totally changed the game, the way the game's played in the Republican Party. It's going to be really interesting. Obviously, you know, Bernie's whooping up on Hillary in Indiana. But you know, oh, it's yeah. looking like they're going to give Hillary the nomination. So that, man, I'll tell you what, that's going to be like a professional wrestling show. Hillary versus Donald is going to be, if nothing else, it's going to be entertaining. I mean, no doubt about it. Donald's going to go after. He's going to take off the gloves. It's going to get serious. He's going. He's going to be at an all-time high. Oh, for man. sure. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, the most awaited presidential race of our lifetimes. Right. That's going to be great. So, okay, so you know what we're winding down in this wrestling season. We, we got a few things to still talk about. Uh, the junior, junior, not the World Trials, Junior U.S. Open happened last weekend. Uh, a lot of good results. I, w- I was able to catch a couple matches. Uh, we had the was- oh, Wisconsin State team camp I was helping out at. Um, so I wasn't able to catch all the matches. How much of that were you able to catch, Tommy? I didn't, ca- I didn't watch any matches, but I followed the results very closely. So I feel like I'm... You know, somewhat caught up on what went down, and you know, to some extent, the usual suspects. But it's nice to see, you know, these guys that are you know freshmen or even sophomores in college banging heads with some of the best blue chip recruits that are still in high school. Kind of gives you a taste of how you know one of the others going to do. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, who are you most impressed by? 
I mean, what? I mean, I mean, like you said, it it was a lot of the usual suspects. It was Spencer Lee. It was Dayton Fix. It was Mark Hall. So what? You're right. It was a lot of the usual suspects. So I guess you know it could be one of those guys, or it could be someone else. But who impressed you the most out of, out of the? Field? I would say that Miles Martin coming around at the end of the year, and I know he had some losses during the year, but he had a good freshman year, and then capped off by a national title. I would have thought that he would have closed the gap more than closed the gap. I would have I favored him going into the Valencia match. Yeah. Knowing that he was 0 and 3 against Valencia. Yeah. And uh Valencia winning 7 nothing. It doesn't take away from anything that Miles Martin has done or is doing. He's doing a phenomenal job, but it really anchored in the fact that Zahid Valencia is a force. He you know, he he made the transition obviously from high school to college. Um, wrestled the national champ, took him out seven nothing. That was probably the most impressive result to me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. That was I, that was impressive because I kind of felt the same way as you. I, I knew Zahid had his number, um, but a lot of stuff happens. I mean, I I know a guy named Matt Harrington um, who is from New York. UPenn. He two time all American UPenn. But he had my number. Youth wrestling, high school wrestling. I I didn't win a damn match against him. I mean, zero and four, zero and five, right. so, somewhere in there. And then, um, you know, something flipped that redshirt year. I, I kind of finally had a really close match in the Midlands, and then the next year I beat him, and I never lost to him. So, yeah, you, you know, you're right. A lot of stuff happens um, yep. that freshman year. and But you're right that Valencia, I mean, you know, he's got to be a, a contender next year, right? right? Right off the bat, I would say. Right off the bat, he's top three, and no matter what weight class he goes, it looks like he could go seventy four or eighty four. I mean, if he's at seventy four, you got Bo Nickel and and uh, you know either Miles Martin or Bo Jordan, and have, I'm we, sure have we determined for sure that that Bo Nickel will be back at seventy four? Is that for is that a for sure thing? He just doesn't look like an eighty four pounder to me, and if memory serves. Did he wrestle at the last chance qualifier at seventy four kilo? No, or? he was eighty five or 80, okay. eighty six kilo. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he'll stay down. He didn't look that big to me. Yeah, you know, but you know the thing for for them, obviously, um, you know, Penn State's obviously not afraid to move guys up and wait. But the thing that I'm looking at, and I think we hit on this before, but obviously two two of them are in this tournament right here. So we'll see. Obviously, got you know. Uh, Rutherford and Null forty nine fifty seven. They're not going anywhere, right? No, I think they're there forever. Ah, I could see Nolf going sixty five one day. Well, I mean, okay. Either way, you got Mark Hall coming in. You got Vincenzo Joseph, their first and third place at at seventy four kilo, right? So they both got to find a spot. And then you also got Mason Mantle, who's got to find a spot. So I mean, really, if, if you got Rutherford and Null forty nine fifty seven, that's three. Very, very, yeah, very, no. very bleach of guys for one weight class if Nickel stays at 74. In saying that, I think you're right. I think that they're going to put um, uh, Nickel up. Yeah. Who knows, though? But I, th- I think that's a good point. It'll be interesting. Who, who else impressed you at the Junior Nationals? Well, you know, Mark Hull, as as always, which, you know, that's it's almost like he doesn't impress you anymore because you kind of expect it. Um, but that was probably the best bracket. You had Hall, Massa. Vincenzo Joseph, Valencia, Joe Smith. I mean, it, it was a really legitimately tough bracket. Um, he was impressive. His match with versus Vincenzo was was close. Like I said, I was able to watch a couple of matches, not too many. Um, that was a tough match. Obviously, those would be future teammates. Um, so, you know, I thought it was good. I, I think Logan Massa, uh, he, I think he got cement mixer was how he got pinned against Mark Hall. I think he's going to be a contender right off the bat. The 65... I would say that Mark Hall's win is obviously not an anomaly, but the fact that he smoked Massa in a minute is, you know, I mean, they scrapped it out at the trials, yeah. Olympic trials. So I just think, you know, Mark Hall is obviously one notch above Massa, but it's not like he's, you know, a dominate, dominant wrestler over Massa. Yeah. Um, and then, so next weight class up, we'll, we'll get to him, but Bo Bresky, he actually, I get to train with him sometimes. Uh, he's from a high school about 10 minutes away from our clubs, clubs at. Uh, you know he's tough. He's battled with all these guys. He wrestled one one seventy four, which is kind of in between these these killer weight classes. Um, I think he was impressive in his win against a lot of college guys. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes for the trials because I haven't even had this conversation with him because you know seventy nine kilos isn't a weight class at the trials because it's not a contested weight class at the world championships. Right. So he's gonna have to find a new home. Obviously, he's multiple time 
Cadet and Junior National Champion. So that, that'd be interesting to see where he goes. And he's going to the University of Nebraska. And I just got this feeling um, with the, with how they've kind of touched up Burrow's style uh, that that Snyder and Manning are do a fantastic job with him. And he's going to be a force to reckon with in short order. There you go. So, I thought Pentelio had a good weekend. Yeah, you know what? He's one of those guys. Or it, as you call him, Panaleo. <laughs> Whatever. Same difference. <laughs> um He's one of those guys where he's, he's actually got two years of competitive experience in college and is still young enough to be in in the junior freestyle nationals, which you know a lot of these guys are high school kids. But he, um, so he he's he's through his sophomore year. Correct. He's he's okay. has two years of eligibility, um, which means he's really young for his grade. But you know, I thought Matt Kladzik would give him a good match. You know, it was competitive, but uh, Panaleo yeah. I think was was the clear clear front runner in this bracket. Now. We're kind of bouncing around, but we're um, all over the place. Spencer Lee smoking everybody. Not a surprise. I, so Great listen, job. Let me ask you this, Tommy. Does it? If you were a college coach, say you're at Iowa right now, because that's that's where he committed to. He so he's uh, he's 17 now, but as a 16 year old, he wrestled 110 pounds. As a 17 year old, he's still wrestling 110 pounds. Does that make you say, is this dude ever going to be a legit size 25 pounder? You know, it's a good question. I would imagine he's cutting a lot, but just the fact that he can even make it shows how small he is. Yeah. There's not, a, there's t- not a lot of guys. In, I mean, that's, that's one you know who of was the like that, Ben? Brackets. Who? T.J. You know who was like that? Remember T.J. Uh, Hill? Tomasello. Tomasello was like oh, that. Oh, he was? Tomasello, his senior year, I think he wrestled 119 or 120 or whatever it is. And I want to say his junior year, he was like at 113. Was the high school weight? Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, think. I'm looking at 110 right now, and that bracket only has, it looks like it has nine guys in the whole bracket. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, just, no. there's just not a lot of guys that are that size. I listened to one of his interviews. He was talking about how he didn't wrestle till the second day, and it kind of, it, it made him more sluggish than he would have liked, even though his longest match was 29 seconds. <laughs> no way. His longest match was 29 seconds? Yeah, they said, how do you think you wrestled today? And he goes, uh, how long was that match? Just, oh, it was 29 seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, I felt a little sluggish. It's like, come on, man. Oh, you wanted 20 God. seconds, 29 seconds, 25 seconds. Don't tell me you're sluggish. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Don't you love people who got it? They got, what, the wrestling you, people gonna, are kind of like politicians. They got to give the, well, you know, he was tough. It was a hard match. No, you rolled him up in 29 seconds. What was hard about it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. That was like a drill match, you know, like your partner lets you get a yeah. two leg and then rolls four laces. Um, so the next weight class, Dayton Fix was able to win again. and Nailbiter, from what I hear, over yeah, Teasdale. Who's off match. Yeah, because yeah, Teasdale committed to Io with Spencer Lee, but he's only a sophomore. Uh, so Fix is a junior. Teasdale's only a sophomore. Right. Wow. And he, what's interesting to me, I think it was Teasdale. It might have been Fix. One of them... Techfall, I think it was Teasdale. Yeah, and Piccinini I mean, is Fall supposed to be the real deal. Techfall and pick is it Piccinini or what? How do you say? It? I think it's Piccinini, but you know, All right. I'm not an whatever expert on Italian names. Panaleo, whatever we want to call them. Piccinini <laughs> is a, a legit, legit blue chip. That's and yeah. Teasdale runs through him ten nothing, and he's only a sophomore. Oh, that's and, amazing. Pitching in, he's had a year in the Oklahoma State room. This is the part where I'm telling you, these two guys that are going to Iowa. No, I'm still not buying it. They're they're the type of recruits that elevate a program, even a program like Iowa. You got two band aids now. <laughs> oh, geez, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So Fix and Teasdale, kind of, you know, six to five. Wow. I heard star burner. Okay, well, I actually looked at the Wrestlebacks. And Pichinini got whooped by Austin Gomez, too, who is also a high school kid. Uh, Illinois guy, he's going to go to Ohio State, but or, I'm sorry, he's going to Iowa State. That doesn't look very good for Pichinini. People pitching him, pitching Pichinini as an All-American next year, but he's going to get his butt whooped by two high school kids. I'm not buying what they're selling. Yeah, I don't buy it. If you're going to lose two high school guys, you gotta, you, you still got some work to do. Yeah, no, I mean, and he lost 10 out of Teasdale, and he lost... Seventeen to ten to Austin Gomez. Wow! Right. Wow. I mean, those are good so, high school kids, but uh, kind of not 
we're bouncing around here, but I thought one uh, topic we can discuss, Ben, for an episode in the off season is how great high school wrestlers choose to not wrestle freestyle in the off season, and they go to like the Disney duels, and that's like their their crowning crowning event yeah. in the off season, and just talk about the importance of all this. But I don't know anything about Disney jewels because I don't I don't play homie don't play that. I went to Fargo. I got I go to Disney. I went to Fargo too. I go to Disney for vacation. I go to Fargo <laughs> to get better at wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, I, to be fair, I have nothing against the Disney duels. Yeah. You can go to the Disney duels. I don't but even know. People, I have no. I know literally nothing about it besides people, when people you know, use Disney, yeah. When people use the Disney duels as as a measuring stick. Or as a like, uh, this is what the off season's all about. It just, it literally snaps me. Yeah, it's like Fargo is where it's at, man. Yeah, you know, you know, one thing that that makes me, uh, I guess, somewhat sad. That, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys that say, "Well, my, in my time, this is what happened." I don't want to be that guy. So one thing that that makes me upset, you know, compared to our day is I felt like the national tournaments were significantly more important because there were so few of them, which meant more people showed up in the same place, which means you got a lot better idea of who was the number one guy. And so I think now you yeah. have, you know, especially like the folk style nationals, you got guys going to Flow, guys going to NHSCA, guys going to Iowa. Um, so you, you kind of got a spread of the talent. And then also with Fargo, I just don't feel like you have – the amount of the top kids showing up. Obviously, you got some of the best kids. No, got- there's there's not one single age group tournament that is not somewhat diluted. Yeah, it's unfortunate, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, actually, this 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 junior trial thing is probably yep. one of the more concentrated events of blue chips. But again, we're looking at the top six guys in each way. These guys are either already Big Ten, Big Twelve, you know, big time college scholarship guys or blue chip recruits where there is no sifting through and seeing if they're the next big thing. They're all big things. And so there's really no event that is a really true measuring stick where you can go from something random to something special. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I I agree, man. Uh, Man, the days of old, they just don't make it like they used to, do they? They don't. What are those guys now? Yeah, <laughs> you know Flow Wrestling, which I think Flow Wrestling, not to toot Martin and, and Team's horn, but I feel like Flow Wrestling is arguably the most contributive aspect of the sport in the past ten years in terms of bringing the wrestling community together and having a way to be connected. But since you can watch all these guys on video, yeah, you don't have to send your VHS tape or your DVD oh, yeah. to coach. And there's the measuring stick is almost you know in a sick and twisted way, there there is none because you can watch all these guys wrestle whenever you want on flow. Well, yeah, I mean that that's a great point. But the, you know, on the other side of that too is just that there's so many national level tournaments. I mean, in some of these guys, um, some of these guys, it's almost like they're going. I think I kind of, in my opinion, it's over competing. But some of these guys are going to so many things because they have so many options. I mean, Mason Manville would be like one guy like. That kid is freaking everywhere. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he goes to school. I don't know how he has time for everything. Like between all of his traveling for tournaments, yeah. Um, I mean, like, like for example, one really good one that's not—it's not a national tournament, but it's a very tough tournament—is um, Frank Papalizio up in New York runs. A, he runs a journeyman classic in the fall, and then he's done a freestyle classic. We actually was able to bring in some wrestlers from other countries, and there was great competition there. But like, you know, to our point, it's not a national tournament. So I no. think, you know, what you're saying with flow and with all the opportunities kids have to compete, they don't feel the need to go to one tournament. Where in, in my, I don't know, you know, I know you probably have this thing. In my day, it's like if I go to freaking Fargo, and this happened to me, if if I go to Fargo and I kick some butt, I'm going to get a scholarship. That's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. And your, I remember, ju- your junior summer going into your senior 100%. year of Fargo was the number, it was far and away. The most important event of your high school career from a recruiting perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I beat. So I was. My story is that I was getting recruited by nobody. I think Army called me. Brian Smith still alleges he called me before this, but I don't. I don't think so. I don't remember it. <laughs> he says he did. I don't recall it. I remember Army being the only one to call me. 
And I you don't up, come across as an army guy, but yeah, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> so uh, I go up to Fargo and I beat a, a young cat named Troy Letters. There you uh, go. And you know, after that, my phone was ringing off the hook. So, you know that that was it for that for us. That was it. It was it. It was it. I had a similar situation and got the job done, and the rest is history from a recruiting perspective. But we just don't. Yeah, there's there's you got you've got the Ironman, the Cheesehead, the five counties, the Reno tournament, the Beast of the East. Then then these kids when they do well at these tournaments they feel less of an obligation to get on the circuit in the off season yep. they don't go to the um you know northeastern regional or the western regional or fargo or the junior duels or the cadet duels they you know a lot of them are you know playing patty cake and then going to the disney duels well you know what one of them uh, we're kind of getting off topic but it's a good topic I it's good it is a good topic and what Listen, else are we, we want to know one thing that annoys me that we're on this topic now is uh and it's not Disney duels, but there's these uh, there's these ones in Virginia Beach, right? And like I w- I went to the junior duels with Team Wisconsin, where it was all Wisconsin guys, right? Right. But there's some of these teams that I don't even understand how they put them together. Like I'll have a guy from Iowa call me and be like, "Hey, your 195 pounder is good. Can he wrestle on this team from Illinois?" And I'll be right. like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, you're from Iowa, calling a guy <laughs> from Wisconsin to wrestle on a team from Illinois? Like what? What? I don't even understand. Like right. what, what sense does that make? Like." On what world does that make any sense? I don't no, get no. it. Like I don't understand what the what is the point there. Like junior duels is to go prove that your team state you know state of Wisconsin is good. If there's a club duel, it's to prove that your, your your club's the best, and your coach gets to watch you, and from that you can get better. But just these I call them mercenary teams, right? The yep. People are just building these mercenary teams. You want to hear something funny on this mercenary topic? Let's do it. Okay, so we went to this one duel in Iowa this year, and. Um, there's this one team. I'm, I won't, I'm not going to give away the team because then it'll give away the kid, right? And this team had some beasts. And this one kid was, uh, he was an animal, right? This is case to rate, but he's legit. He's good. And so uh, I go look I look at his track profile, right? That says, you, know, you can go see someone's track profile. Uh-huh. You can see how, how legit they are. And this kid's legit, right? But it is info bar, Tommy. He, so you can, put your, you can put your info in there. like your special uh-huh. He writes... If you want blah 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 to wrestle on a dual team, call him at this number. Email this email address. So they were like pimping him out for mercenary services <laughs> <laughs> on his track profile. I was just shaking my damn head. <laughs> wow. So that's that's us capping off the junior trials. If that's if you know, oh, hey. well, there's a few weights we missed. Just the heavyweights. Heavyweights. No, fun. no, we missed one. Thir- one thirty-two was good. I know, I know. I'm okay, 132, 132. Well, yeah, 138, 454, but those are non-trials brackets, so I'm okay with skipping those ones. 32, Mitch McKee makes a statement. Pins Seth Gross in the finals. Obviously, Seth Gross was an NCAA qualifier at 141. Right. Yanni, who's a cadet world champion, he lost to Jaden Ironman, uh, Missouri guy, on the front side in a very controversial match, um, and then comes back to beat him for the third-place match. So that was a fun bracket. Mitch McKee is someone to, to watch out for. Um, I, you know, he's been good for a long time. I remember seeing his name everywhere. Um, so what, I think what, are you, how, what? How old is he now? I believe he's a senior in high school, and he's going to go to the University of Minnesota next year. Yeah, he's a stud. Trained by Jared Lawrence, right? Yeah, Pinnacle. They, they and they're a club that's doing it the right way. Some of these clubs are kind of bash on some of this club wrestling stuff, and I, I run a club, so I shouldn't bash on it too much. But um, Jared Lawrence, Brandon Paulson, there's a few other guys in the mix up there. They do a great job. And they're pushing out. They they're setting the bar high for uh, us other clubs right now because they are pushing out a lot of studs. Gotcha. Really yeah, I've heard this kid's an animal, Mitch McKee. Yeah, he's tough. Um, and his, his little brother lost to uh, got whooped by Spencer Lee in the finals. So both brothers make it to the finals. Doesn't turn out so well for Spencer Lee, uh, his opponent Pat McKee. So yeah. okay, so we got the last chance qualifier this weekend. Turkey Molinero in Turkey. And we get, so As we Rich have, told us, he decided to. Do you agree with that? Head back to the U.S. for I, like eight or nine days, and no, then go back to Europe. I would have stayed. There's I would have no stayed way. too. No way, I would have came. Up. I mean, because we're talking Mongolia to to Turkey, you're probably talking oh, yeah. a six-hour flight. Um, it's not far. I mean, Mongolia home. Rich said took fifty-three hours, right? Obviously, and you don't know what's going to happen in travel, but you know, you're thinking 
it's, it's what, 12 days between competition, but then your travel home is going to be at least a day, right? Yep. And then your travel there is going to be a whole day. Yeah, I would have done it. you got to go two or three days early, right? Because you can't chance anything and you got to cut weight. So, I mean, you're really talking, you're coming back for, at, at the end of it, six, seven days, no way I'm coming home. No doubt. But the Greco oh. guys all stayed over there. So we, we have three Greco guys. Jesse Thilke, who's also a Wisconsin native. Um, he's got a qualified Joseph Rao. And who's our other one? I don't know. Oh, damn it, Tommy. Let's <laughs> look bad. Well, I don't know either, so I'm, I'm making this look bad too. There you go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can find this. I'm on the math.com now. Six trials champs to compete. Right here. Here we go. Okay, so we have... We got six weight stills to qualify. That's serious. We got oh Rayvon Perkins was one of the ones I forgot, and then on the women's side we got Tamira Mensa and Kelsey Campbell got to qualify the weights. There we go. So we got six weights. Tommy, I don't remember, and I brought this up to Rich, and he said I I, I missed a few, but I don't think there's been um, more than one weight that missed qualification in any trials or Olympics that I remember, and and, and I know one I forgot was. I remember in 2004, um, I believe it was, 63, one, so 74 kilo uh, for the Greco side wasn't qualified. And I remember Kesey Dantzler trying to cut down to 145, and he had to go to the hospital because he looked awful. Oh, yeah. And I remember that, too. He would make the next, he would make the 2000, he made the 2008 Olympics uh, at 74 kilo, but that weight wasn't qualified that year. Right. So... Um, so if we don't, I mean, how bad is it going to be if we don't say we say we miss three or four? How bad is it going to be? You know, I mean, it, it's different now. I mean, it's there's there's less weights in more countries, but to Rich's point, you know, we have the most resources. We probably have the most robust system out of any country, so it shouldn't be happening. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean. Molinero's got to qualify the weight. That's just the bottom line. Bottom line. So. Yeah, he and he he does not have an easy road. I, you know, I looked at someone put a, a little preview. There's still a lot of tough guys in that bracket. Um, definitely doesn't have an easy road to make it. No, not at all. Um, hey, one thing I w- I was thinking about. I really liked a lot of the stuff, Rich. You know, and and now we got to see it carried out. We got to see it carried out, right? But some of the stuff Rich was talking about that that. Um, Lalovic was talking about about not changing the rules. That's great. About going to ten weights. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know what? The, these people on the mat. They must be listening to our podcast, Tommy, because they're making threads about what the initials Rich was was talking about and the, and the ten weights. No thing. doubt. Uh, you know what? I saw a, a bunch of these people made their proposals for the ten weights. Well, Tommy, it's a hot topic. It's got forty two replies right now. I love it. I love it. Um, but one of the things. One of the things, I think one of my favorite ones was this guy proposed 12 weights, right? And the 12 weight classes are split up so that the Olympic weight splits them. So what uh-huh. I mean by that is, uh, and so some, I can't find it, find it right now, but so say 59 and, uh, 55 and 59 kilos are world championships weight, right? Then 57 kilos is the Olympic weight. And then the next one would be like, 63 and 71. I'm sorry, 63 and 67. And then 65 is the Olympic weight. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I can dig it. So it's, uh, you know, so so people in that Olympic gear can choose to go up or down, and it's only two kilograms, which um, isn't a huge stretch. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's not not bad. What do you think? Well, what was your thought on the 10, 10 weights in the. I think what I told Rich is still what I like the most, which is you keep the two weights the highest. Uh, I'm sorry, the one weight at the highest. Uh, the one Olympic weight's the highest. Can't touch that. Yeah. And then um, and 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 the second highest one too, the two thirteen. So we can't touch those. Then we take the f- bottom four Olympic weights, and we go like plus and minus five pounds from those four weights yeah. to give us ten. Yeah. Well, Something I, like I that. Take that. Sure. I like that. So that's how I'm. That's where I'm sticking. What about you? Um. Well, like I said, I th- I think my favorite proposal was that you know, and I don't know that they're going to allow twelve if they you know, 
8 to 10 is a kind of already a jump there, and then if you go to 12. But I thought that was a great idea where you know you, you split them. And so that way every fourth year – because I think one of the issues with the 10-6, if you're going to make the um, – I, I see their point about making – uh, the say if there's six weights that are Olympic weights and the other four are not making those weights less important because we de- we definitely feel I mean we just talked about that with the junior trials right right those weights that aren't that they aren't juniors world weights they're just not as important and that's just how right. it is so right. I think that's true but I think the other thing is um, I think people can fluctuate the size of their body right and and so they want they can atrophy their body or they can build their body up, right? They need to do the next weight class. So if um, if you're not adequately separating the weight classes based on the Olympic weight, um, you don't say say if one Olympic weight is is two kilos over one weight class but five kilos under the next one, right? Right. Well, it makes the one that the five kilos over fairly insignificant because eleven pounds is a huge difference, and it's going to be hard for someone who's going eleven pounds down. In one year, right? So I think yeah, no, you that got, would be. I don't want to get confusing, but I think you got to have a, a, you know, weight classes that are fairly close because, like you said, people can't change their body size in a year, and people will focus on the Olympic. That is no true. So I think that's important, but I think that's good. I think obviously having ten weights at World Championships would be much better for. Heck yeah! For everybody, just more heroes, more 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 marketable assets for the sport on top of just. You know, this mm-hmm. six weights is brutal. I mean, it just oh, doesn't yeah. cover all of the human physical builds across <laughs> the world. You know what I mean? Evenly. Yeah, 100%. You know what I saw someone else put, which I thought was a clever idea? Um, so you know that uh, I they only give us a certain amount of medals, right? Yeah. So right now we have, we have the two bronzes. So we have six weight classes with four, with four medals because we have two bronzes, which is 24 medals. Would they let? Would the IOC let us go to eight weight classes with three medals? So we have a legitimate bronze. That and would be fine with me, and I think nobody else would argue that either. Right. So I, I, I don't know why we can't do. It. I, the only we should thing, ask Rich straight up why yeah. we have a goofy bracketing system and why we have two bronze medals. See if he will answer us. Um, I I think that they do it to find ways to get obscure random that's what, yep, recognition. That, that, that's where I was going to go with it too. Sorry, so, did I steal your thunder? No, no, you hit it right in the head. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think if we're both thinking the same thing, then then we're probably probably, probably right, right. Probably right. I mean, you know, when we say stuff, we're probably right. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Tommy, let's go to this. Uh, I don't know if you got a computer by you, so why don't you pull it up? But so one of the things we thought we wanted to do, it's the offseason. Obviously, we'll bring guests on and talk to them about fun stuff. But we wanted to, to take a rewind and go back to one of the old NCAA tournaments, just talk about it like it just happened last weekend. Um, and so for the first one, we are going to go back to the 2003 NCAA Wrestling Championships, which, Tommy, as, uh, as I kind of told you, that was the first one that I ever attended. And it was in Kansas City, in Kemper Arena, which is a terrible representation of Kansas City. Kansas City has gotten so much cooler since then. <laughs> it really has. But it was the first one I attended. And, you know, I was able to become Missouri's first ever national champion. But that year, we thought we were going to have Scott Barker win the NCAA title. And he... Lo and behold... He didn't do it. You know, he, he whooped Jared, Jake Rochalt. A week before, two. I'm sorry, two weeks before at the NCAA champion or the Big Twelve Championships, which is in Columbia, Missouri, beat him down. I think it was ten one. Loses to him thirteen five in the NCAA finals, and so Missouri does not get its first national champion, which opens the door for me to go win a title a couple years later. There you um, go. But obviously, the story that weekend. I don't know if you remember it was uh, Oklahoma State whooped everybody. Now I hated Oklahoma whooped State them. today. I mean, it wasn't the year they had them. five champs, but yeah. It was- that was the next year, or this is two years no, later. No, two, two years, years later. Yeah, two years later. Okay, so let's go. Uh, you ready to do this or what? This yeah, man. Two thousand three, Okie State were the they were the champs. Minnesota, uh, a clear second. Oklahoma third, and then uh, you know sprinkled in a bunch of other teams that were close with each other. Lehigh, Arizona State, Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, Cornell, rounding out the top ten. So, wow. but Okie State was the was the was the show. Was this their first title? On that run they went on? Four or five. 
I, yeah, it was. Was it? Cause, or did they win 02? Was yeah, it 103? No, no, Minnesota 04, won 02. 05, Minnesota. 06. Yep, you're right. So this is the first of their four streak title. Mm-hmm. So, 25. So yeah, let's start 20. You got, you got the bracket up? I got it, man. Well, I oh. have the results first through eighth. I don't have the bracket. Oh, scroll down, scroll down to the bracket. Just okay, yeah, I got it. Okay. I got it. Got okay, that. sweet. Because that's, that's the most fun part. Um, I think we can do the bracket and all these old names. So, all right. So, we, we got a few NCAA champs. I looked through this real quick. We got a few NCAA champs in here. Uh, Jason Powell obviously won an NCAA title. Matt Valeni ended up winning an NCAA title before it's all said and done. Uh, Luke Eustis would make a, make a finals. We got a lot of good guys in here. Damn. No doubt. No now, doubt. Nick Simmons would make an NCAA finals before it was all said and done. This is Travis Lee's first title, right? Yeah, because then he won. He wanted it. I believe he beat Chris Flieger in the finals again two years later. You know, this is when um, I think prior to this, I didn't really know much about Travis Lee. Yeah, I remember. I remember. He, so this is. Uh, I think Lee is only one year older than me. I believe. Maybe two, but I remember watching him in Fargo, and he made that epic run. Um, and that what there, there's that one one nineteen bracket that is like, I don't know if you you, remember, you know follow, but that was like an epic bracket. It had like Nick Simmons, Sean Bunch, Travis Lee. I mean, all these guys who would go on to great NCAA success, all packed into one freaking bracket. Right. So that was. Uh, so yeah, you got Chris Flieger making the finals. I don't remember too much about this weight class. I want to say. Um, I remember thinking it was. Fliegers to lose the year before he was a freshman got fourth um i remember he had an inside trip against abbas in the semis that even though abbas whipped him it was still a beautiful takedown yeah. and this was flieger i think he was undefeated going into this match and you know the year before he was a freshman got fourth and honestly after this loss flieger kind of lost a little bit of his mojo Think so? Well, didn't he? He made the NCAA finals. Like I said, didn't he make the NCAA finals and lose to Travis Lee again? I remember making stuff up. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Oh, let's Google that. Uh, hey, so here, okay, I did find one thing I remember very specifically from this bracket. Nick Simmons second round loses to Terrence Clendenin from Lehigh. Nick is the five seed, two to one in overtime. By a penalty point, they called him on the, on the Simmons chokehold that he used. They called Simmons him never point. choked anybody. <laughs> Simmons <laughs> choked everybody, which, you know, whatever. If he can get away with it, it's all Absolutely. good in my mind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they called him for the penalty point, and he lost that match. Um, and let's see where he went to the wrestle back. So where does he go in the wrestle? I came comes back to seventh place. Not, not too bad. Right. It's bad. Jason Powell takes third with the pin. A.J. Grant. Tony Black, Wisconsin native. Baumbauer. All right. Are you happy with that? I am, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, they got the pigtails. Remember the pigtails? Oh, yeah, baby. They only got one. I kind of feel like now they only got one pigtail per bracket. It's not quite as exciting as, you know, sometimes you could have multiple pigtails per uh-huh. bracket, and sometimes you had a buy in there. That was kind of a little more fun. Right. Ooh, okay. Okay. I see what we're working with next bracket. Johnny Thompson. This is second, his second title. Second he got one. second to Jurgens his freshman year in 01, 02. I don't know who he beat, but he he might not. He, he beat Lewis. Ryan Lewis, both years. And then he beats him again for the title in 2003. Yeah, I remember. I just remember watching these matches. Like I said, remember at this time I'm passionately against Oklahoma State. They're the rival. They're the, the guy on top. And thinking like Ryan Lewis wrestled so hard. He wrestled his butt off, but he just would always make the mistake he couldn't make and lose to Giant uh, Thompson. I mean, it was like every single time was like a replay, I felt like. Right. Johnny Thompson, when he would warm up for his matches, he would give like this little kid, he'd make like kid facial expressions. <laughs> what do you mean? Like a little eight-year-old, like a like a crazy eight-year-old. Like getting mean ready for faces? Just so, yeah, like, like mean faces like an eight-year-old, though, not like a man. I always remember <laughs> that about him. That's um, funny. And then he always had the cow catcher, man. He hit the cow oh, catcher. Oh, yeah. That was his go-to. It was the go-to. He called it the snake. He called it the snake. Yeah. So and the other thing he was I, a walk-on at Oklahoma State. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. The other thing I remember, which obviously this bracket tells it out, is this dude would just win matches somehow, right? Like he would just stall and not do very many moves, and he'd just pull it he out. Damn, right? He damn near beat Jurgens. 
Well, he, he won 3-2 against Mark Jane, then he goes and beats Rab Martinez 3-2. You know, he pulls pulls it out by the skin of his teeth. Right, I right. remember that. You know, that was a regular basis uh, uh, all the time. That was a good bracket, though. That I like that. Yeah, you got Zach Roberson, who would win an NCAA title. Got pinned first round by Brandon Lauer. Of, uh, he was from Maryland, but he went to West Virginia. Um, Cliff Moore would win an NCAA title, I believe, two years later. So you, you got a handful of NCAA champs in this bracket. Josh Moore, did he win the N- No, he never won. He took second. Yep. Correct? Yep. Okay. And then let's see. So in the Wrestlebacks, Josh Moore. Damn, Josh Moore rolled in the Wrestlebacks. I remember the Moore brothers were so exciting. So, oh, yeah, yeah they were he's great. Got pin, pin, 10-3, 13-3 in the Wrestlebacks. I mean, they were, man, they were the most fun to watch. They were just. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Throw the kitchen sink. I want to say, okay, listen, I want to say the next year. Moore was up huge against Johnny Thompson in the quarters or the semis with like a he put him in a leg cradle or something, and they did it again. And John Smith talked the referee out of the points, and the referee took some of the points off the board. And then and then uh, either Johnny Thompson came and beat him, or or Scott Moore just barely held on to win the match at the end. You remember how that one went down? No, maybe it was a couple of years later. Damn it! Why huh. can't I remember? All right, Roberson takes fourth plate, beats Cliff Moore. Wow, that's a good bracket. Oh, yeah, they're all good, man. When you look at who ended up winning titles, every bracket looks this way. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I guess. Tion Ware, true freshman, baby. True freshman, doing a backflip after he wins in overtime over Dylan Long, Northern Iowa. Wow. Incredible. Esposito, who had a phenomenal... Ooh. Year. Phenomenal I, true freshman year. I think he only had one loss going to the NCAAs. Is that one loss or no losses? Yeah, and, and and he he just had a phenomenal year. I feel like, and you know, we should have someone like Zach on the show, but I think the end of the year, you know, the weight cut and everything, it started to bite him a little bit mentally. Definitely, because you know something interesting about this, and this is when you know the other thing. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, the other thing about Fargo is now a lot of these college coaches are pushing their kids to get on campus to do some summer school, which is then preventing the seniors from going to Fargo. But right. these guys, um, Tion Ware actually lost his Fargo final, which was less than a year previous to this, to a guy named Todd Benili. Um And then Zach Esposito won a Fargo title over... Ah, oh, damn it. It was at one... Boyard? No... Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Bullard's a little older. But he won it at 152, and Tion Ware won it at, or lost at 135. So, I mean, so there's, there's multiple weight classes apart. Right. Yeah, he just sucked himself down, had a, and I think the end of the year got him a little bit with the weight yeah, cut. Yeah, 100%. Um, you got Scott Moore in this bracket, who would then go, he would go against Cliff Moore, I believe it was the next year, and lose in the finals. Ooh, you got Mr. Frankie Edgar. Of UFC fame. There you go. He was in the Jason Mester first round. He's, he was from Clarion. Let's see how he came back on the back. Who else? Who got anyone else in here this bracket we want to talk about? You got Clark Forward, one of my good friends and my financial advisor. Is he really? Yeah. But he's a Michigan guy. I thought you didn't talk to those guys. Well, he and I grew up together. We go way back. I damn near went to Michigan, believe oh it or not. Oh, my God, Tommy. Oh, I wait. Know. Okay. Well, you got wait, Aaron Holker's in this bracket. You want to hear an Aaron Holker story? Let me give me he give me give it to me. Utah. He was he was the NCAA champion the year before this. And he took fifth place out of five in the Big Twelve Championships that year. That's how damn tough the Big Twelve. Oh jeez, here Tommy, we go. Don't make me don't make me get the stats out again how it's better. <laughs> I will get them out again. That was a good weight though. I like that weight. Oh wow. Edgar didn't even win a match. He lost to Ron Tarquinio in the backside five three. Wow. Um, Phil Simpson Oscar, right? takes third. Scott Moore, Mester. Mester's the head coach of Bloomsburg now. Shane Coonan, who upset Esposito first round. Holker, Maney. Where the hell did uh, Esposito go? Oh, my God. He was his pigtail wrestle back? Yeah, no, he had a bad no. tournament, man. He he fell off at the end of the year, oh. but his season was awesome. Oh, no, he won a few matches here. He won a few. I'm sorry, I found him. He beat your boy Clark forward, and then he lost to Phil Simpson. Gotcha. Dang. Okay, so let's go. 49. 49. We got Larkin doing the 4 3 2 1. Oh, that, that's great, isn't it? This is, a beating, fun, this is a really fun bracket. Beating the defending champ, Jared Lawrence. Who we just talked about, who's running Pinnacle right now. And 
And Lawrence was on fire this year. I mean, he he had a great Lawrence year. was my, you know, and I'm sure you have Lawrence was my favorite wrestler during my era that um that obviously didn't go to the school I went to. Really? Who was yours? Who was yours? Favorite wrestler that did not go to the school I went to. Damn, it's got to be plus or minus one year older or younger than you. Oh wow, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. You kind of put me on the spot. I mean, like I said, I told you I was a fan of you before. Um, I guess I liked Esposito a lot, even though I didn't like him because he was at Oklahoma State, but I liked watching him wrestle. Yeah, of course. Um, man, that's a good question. I didn't think about that a little more. Uh, the one, do you know where Jared Lawrence is from? Sandpoint, Idaho. And do you know how many NSA champs that freaking tiny town has produced? Okay, so you got Jared Lawrence. I know Pasco's from there, but he didn't win it, did he? He didn't win it. But then you got both Rochelle brothers. Oh, uh, wow. Are from, I mean, a freaking tiny town in Idaho. Like, yeah. Come on, give me a break. What is the chance? It's pretty Yeah, this weight class is tough. So you got Larkin, obviously an NCAA champ because he won it. Lawrence, NCAA champ because he won it. J- Jared, uh, Jesse Jansen, NCAA oh, champ. Jesse Jansen in this bracket, too. And he was, so he would beat, was it? He the was next? a sophomore. He was a sophomore here. Was it the next year? Did he beat Esposito in the finals, or was that two years later? Man, I maybe. I believe that's the next year. It definitely happened in St. Louis, but I guess the next two years are in St. Louis, so it could have been the next year, you know, 04 or 05. No, yeah, this is Jesse's junior year, and yeah. you're right, because the next year he beats Jansen for the title. Yeah, oh, yeah, because then Esposito lost to Jansen as a sophomore, wins as a junior, and then remember he lost to Dustin Slater? That one freaking boggled my mind. I think Slater got in Esposito's so, head so bad that he then lost to Ty Eustace. Like, I was just... Yeah. I don't know how, because Esposito was to me was on another level. Oh yeah. So I don't know how that happened. That blew my mind. But you got so you got three champs plus plus Percival four time All American plus Minotti four time All American. Um, Torello was an NCAA finalist a couple of years later. Torello should have been an NCAA champ. That was that match. Was Gillespie? That was bad. No, no, no. It's Ryan. Are you talking about Ryan? Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Yeah. His match against Hendricks. Yeah, it was terrible too. One of the biggest NCAA finals robberies ever. No doubt. I mean, it was atrocious on many levels. Um, And then you got my captain, Jeremy Spates, who's now the head coach at at, uh, Southern Evansville. There you go, baby. I like that one. Nice. That was a good weight. Russell Bex. Let's see who we got Russell Bex. Jansen takes third. Jared Sanders. Jared Sanders has, has fought in the UFC now. Um, I don't know. I think he's out of the UFC now. I'm not sure. He was there for a minute. Percival Robertson. I don't really remember Colin Robertson. I did wrestle John Mesa when I was a little guy. Dustin Minotti. Yeah, good boy class. This one's going to be fun to talk about. 57. What? Who do we got? I haven't even looked ahead. Uh, Ryan Bertine. Is that another one of your Michigan friends? Uh, Ryan Bertine's a friend of mine. He's an Ohio boy. That's why I like him. But um, Keaton Anderson didn't he blow out his knee or something? So let like me that? tell you about this one. Keaton Anderson, I was a junior at Ohio State this year. Keaton was a senior that year. Keaton lost to Becker in the finals of the Vegas tournament and dominated everybody. And then he wrestles Becker in a January dueling against Minnesota and completely dominates Becker in a great match, like ten to four. So Keaton had one loss on the year. He avenged the one loss that he had to Becker with a 10-4 to win, and he had a completely dominant season. Uh, he caps off the season with a dual meet win versus Michigan against Bertine, 7-3 to with four minutes riding time. I kid you Dang. not. So he's going into the Big Ten tournament, ranked number one in America. He's dominated everybody that could possibly beat him during the season. Um, he beat Shane Roller, you know, beat Scott Owen in the All-Star meet, beat Gray Maynard, beat Terrapelli, beat everybody. And he's, um, you know when you when someone's lifting and returning you, Ben, and sure. it's, instead of uh, going to the mat, you, you post on one leg and then Granby out? Yeah, of course. Well, when Keaton posted on one leg, as I'm sure you can imagine. Is, it, is this in practice? No, this is in the quarters of the Big Tens. Oh, man. He was ahead by like eight points, posted on one leg, went to hit his Grammy, blew his knee out. Didn't know it at the time, but forfeited out of the tournament. Big tens because he'd already qualified, made sure, the semis. Sure. Went and got an MRI, completely torn ACL. So now 
he's going into the NCAA tournament with a completely torn ACL and still makes it to the semis and loses to Bertine by one and then just kind of petered out the next day. But that was the guy to me that was going to win it. I love Bertine and Becker's really good. There's plenty of guys that could have won it. Um, but you know that that was amazing to me how that how that, all that went down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, um, man, that's a hard blow, you know. And one of the things Chael Sonnen always talks about on his podcast is wrestling, or you know, or you know, other sports such as this is you don't get a second chance, right? The NCAA championships are the third weekend in March, and that's what it is. And you don't get to say, oh, hold on, I'm hurt, give me a few weeks. You know, like these fighters yeah. pull out of fights, oh, my shoulder's hurt, give me a few, give me, give me two months, whatever, right? Right. And, you know, his his point is, <laughs> wrestling is some of the toughest people because NCAA tournament's third weekend in March, and it don't matter what's wrong with you. If it's your senior year, you're going to show up and scrap it out and see what happens. No doubt. Win, lose, or draw. So, that you know, that's obviously tough for him to handle that uh, as a senior. Let's see. Gray Maynard's in here, a future UFC fame. That's right. And I'm sure they were they were prior rivals. And Gray Maynard's from Ohio, but went to Nevada or from Ohio Nevada, from something. Las Vegas. Ohio from Las Vegas. Oh, so he went to St. Ed's, correct? Yeah, Bertine St. Ed's, Gray Maynard St. Ed's. So these guys are teammates. Yes, they were. Wow, can you freaking believe Alex Terry probably made the finals here? No. I was freaking blown away. No, I couldn't believe it. He couldn't couldn't believe it, could you? But he took out Becker. He was like the sneakiest win. Look at that. Three one, four, three, two, one. Like just sneaking him in sneaking him in there. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And then I don't think he did he never ever he never made the NCAA finals again, correct? No, he never did. Never made it again. Wow. That's crazy. Um, okay, let's go next. Wait, wait we gotta go with wrestlebacks. What happened to the freaking wrestlebacks? Shane Roller rolled everybody up. Got three pins. Yep. Pin Matt. Oh, we didn't even Matt Gentry's NCAA champ. We didn't even talk about him. <laughs> I didn't even see him on the front side. I didn't see him either. Oh, he lost to Keaton Anderson first round. Can't even beat a guy with one leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's go. Joe Johnson would make the NCAA finals. Uh, what two years after this? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got some man. Gentry even had a pigtail match. Look at all these pigtail matches. Damn. Jeez. All right, one sixty-five. Oh, I remember this match very, very vividly because greatest foot sweep of all time. Yeah, and Troy Letters was uh, Troy Letters was you know the guy who got me my college scholarship. So obviously, I followed him very closely. Mm-hmm. There you go, baby. Yeah, so Troy Letters, the Beats greatest Tyrell foot sweep. Lewis, though. The loudest I've ever heard in an arena at the NCAA tournament. The loudest I've ever heard in an arena at the NCAA tournament is when Letters beat Lewis. You think so? I just remember it being unbelievably loud. I remember che- I, I was obviously cheering because it was Oklahoma State losing, so I remember that very vividly, cheering very loud and being very happy that that happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> And man, it's so sad. I was telling someone about Troy. I was telling a, a high school kid, a junior in high school, who's a state champ, about Troy Letters today, and uh, and just telling the kid didn't know who he was. And I'm like, Troy Letters was so freaking good, but he got hurt, so he didn't really get to animal. finish his career animal. the way um, you know he would have liked to. I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. right? No doubt. No doubt. Okay, Matt Lackey, uh, Johnny to- Clark, Buckeye. Where's he? Oh, right down, down there at the 60. He lost to Tyrone Lewis, though. Lee Roper, who was uh, down there at uh, the compound. Wow, Lee Roper. Yeah, you see some names here. You, you know who go. else I saw in here? Noel Thompson, who was one of our first guests. That's right. And yeah, there. Tyron Woodley. Michael Zicky running a little wrestling academy out of Cleveland now. Michael Zicky, St. Ed's. Nick Nemeth from the WWE. Oh, how's he in the WWE if he's a little guy? He's Dolph Ziggler. But how's he a little guy? I mean, he's a little guy, 165. Yeah, well, now he's, you know, he's doing some other stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nemeth, man. Wow. St. Uh, Ed's, too. Damn, how many St. Ed's kids are in this freaking A lot, game? dude. St. Ed's is badass. Are there any other ones? <laughs> Kulziki was a St. Ed's kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's been two in the last two brackets from St. Ed's. Oh, you got Maynard, Bert- yeah, Maynard Bertine, Kozicki, Nemeth. How do these guys find a, a spot on the Then team? you had Mark Jane down at 33. I think you have Mason Lenhart at 25. Yep, yeah, yeah. 
I remember those guys for sure. Now this is my this is getting my area because I, I wrestled a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrestled Jake Volkman, wrestled Tyron, beat Tyron Lewis to make the damn Olympic team. Um, good bracket. Matt Palmer beat me in the senior national finals. Freaking low life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Wrestlebacks. Volkman takes third, beats Matt King, whose brother Jared King would later win an NCAA title. Connellsville, PA. Shout out. Tyrone Lewis, Johnny Clark, Frank Edwards, Tyrone Woodley. Boom. There we go. All right. No pigtails. It was 74. This is, about, this is going to be about a perfect time. we got about seven minutes left, so we're doing good. Oh, this bracket was it. This a disaster. A disaster. Well, disaster. Greg Jones, man. We should do an episode on him. What, call him up? Talk to him? He was an animal. But not this year. Not this year, though. <laughs> I think you only lost, I think you only got taken down like eight times in college. Come on, I swear to you, really? Because I grew up uh, the SID at at West Virginia. Yeah, I grew up with him, and wow. he, you know, during the, this era, he would text me all those stats. And I think wow. Greg Jones was only taken down like eight times in college. Wow, that's pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. So this bracket, this is like this was actually kind of this is funny that this bracket is so destroyed because it's kind of like the one seventy four this year. Right? Yeah, it is. The one seed loses early. Pendleton loses in the quarters. He's the two seed. Uh, Lang loses fairly early. He's the four seed. Fronhofer comes through from a freaking no seed to make the finals. Wow. But the interesting thing about Fronhofer and Waller is they were both blue chip recruits coming out of high school. Yeah, they were good. I remember. They were were legit. Waller, remember how he won? Do you remember how he won this semifinal match? You you were probably warming up, so you, you weren't watching this. Yeah, I wasn't watching it. Do you yeah. remember? You, so you don't remember this? No. Okay, double OT, right? It's the tiebreaker. Semi, this is the national semifinals. There's only there's six mats going on, right? We're in a big arena. So he's wrestling Brad Dillon, who had just upset Chris Pendleton. And Robbie Waller is on top. He's got to ride Brad Dillon out to win. So he drops down to an ankle. And Dillon's kicking away. And he's kicking away. And he kicks away. Right? Starts raising his hands. He won. Somehow, Robbie Waller talks the ref into that he heard a whistle on the other mat. <laughs> he keeps starts pointing to the other mat. The ref says, yeah, there was a whistle over there. And puts Brad Dillon back down. Unbelievable. It was like... The ultimate sales call. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. But he got put back down. Rode him out for the rest of the period. Wins. Brad Dillon goes to the wrestlebacks. Gotcha. Wow. Crazy, right? Crazy. I mean, that was wild. And then Waller beats Fronhofer. Um, and I had actually beaten Robbie Waller that year. I'd beaten him and lost to him as a red shirt. Well, that's um, good. That's good to build on going yeah. into your freshman year. Yeah. And then I had, you know, Eric Cowan. He beat me three times that year. He was a pain in my butt. Chris Pendleton, obviously, was my ultimate pain in the butt nemesis. And then Ryan Lang, is, is he a St. Ed's guy? No, he's a Cleveland okay. kid, though. He's one, the only other guy to ever uh, beat me in college. So this bracket's got a lot of good and bad for me. <laughs> Rashad, oh, Rashad Evans is in here, and he beats Greg Jones in the wrestleback. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. And then Shane Webster would also win an NCAA title, I believe, one year later, 184. Gotcha. Boom, boom. boom. All right, 84. We're, we're rolling now. We're by the big boys. Pendleton takes third place, 17-4 win. Oh, my gosh, Tommy. How'd you miss this one? Blake Kaplan got pinned by Carl Fronhofer. That's your boy. I know. I didn't got, want to bring it up. Got pinned by Blake Kaplan on the pigtails. I the year it. before, he got pinned by uh, Papalizio, who's the coach at NC State now. You know, <laughs> I told you I got pinned by Papalizio in a headlock. Dude, he's pinning everyone. 2003, that son of a gun. <laughs> All right, well, we got Jared, Jake Rothschild coming through. I already talked about this Coming one. through as a freshman, Scott Barker. Freshman, damn. Yeah. Barker beats Jesmond Smith fairly convincingly. Um, beat, beat Mark Bex in a super tight match in the in the quarters. Mark Bex, Mentor Lake Catholic, Cleveland. Oh, There's Ohio me. everywhere. Is he this. a St. Ed's? Who's St. Ed's? Ben Whistle, is he a St. Ed's guy? St. Ed's, we might have Rovat in here. No, I don't think he's in this bracket, is he? Yeah, because he never red-shirted, so he's yeah, like, he's done. See ya. See ya, Rovat, you're too old. <laughs> um, Greg Parker, 
Princeton made the NCAA Finals and lost to Greg Jones the year before this. Josh Lambert, well, he would make the NCAA Finals the year before this also. And got yeah pinned after he was smoking out Rob Roan, so that was tough for him. Oh, brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. Alex Clemson, coaching at, he's, he was a true freshman, coaching at Missouri now. Nice. Gerald Harris, make the UFC. Wow, we got some fighters in these brackets. Sure Jordan do. Holm, Greco, Greco World Team members in here. Yeah, I um, see that too. Jeez. All right, 97. We're getting up to your territory. Lambert would beat Jesuit Smith. Clint Wattenberg. Wattenberg whooped me. You're doing the wrestlebacks for 84, yeah. Yeah, Wattenberg freaking whooped me at the trials in 2004. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it. Okay. Let's go. Here we go. On to 197. Ooh, this was fun. Remember how fun Damian Hahn was this year? Oh, yeah. Did you and him ever wrestle? You guys yeah, wrestle. we went uh, first year out of college. I cut down to 211. He stayed at 211. Um, he beat me for third at the Open, and uh-huh. then I beat him at the Olympic Trials. Wow. So we went one and one against each other. Damn. That's, yeah, because he was a legend, right? A legend of uh, oh, New yeah. Jersey wrestling. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Wow, we got some names in it. We got some, you know who we got? We got some fighters in this bracket. We got Stipe Myosic. Stipe, Stipe. Stipe, whatever. Isn't he an Ohio guy? He's East Lake North, yep. Okay, you got to know, know his name then. <laughs> He's fighting for a damn world title. Yeah, we got Bader. Ryan Bader. You got, got Mohamed Wall. We got Mo. We got some good fighters in this bracket. No doubt about it. Um. Okay, so, so Han wins literally Buzzer beaters against in, both guys in the semis and the final. I mean, buzzer. We're talking buzzer, like a few. Oh seconds yeah, inside left. trip to win the title, buzzer. And didn't they come back? Didn't they come back to the center with uh, like eight or nine seconds to yeah, go? Yeah, it was so, something tiny, right? Really short time. Really short. I want kind of sad. Was it less I mean, than eight or nine. Kind of sad because Trench. I mean, he he was he had a great college career. That was his year to win the title. Well, he, he lost to Kale in the finals the year before that, correct? Yep. And then the next year, he got upset by Sean Stender. At least I thought it was an upset. Oh yeah, that was definitely an upset. Stender was good, but I mean, Trench Trench was really good. Right. What's Trench doing these days? I have no idea. Did you guys ever wrestle? Yeah, I uh, I think I went either one and zero or two and zero against him. I beat him at the tri- Olympic trials for sure. In 04. I beat Han and Trench in the Olympic trials in 04. Wow. I do remember I do remember the first year I went to Fargo. I went Fargo. 2 0 against Trench. Beat him at the open and the trials. Okay. The first year I went to Fargo, uh, which we're talking about Fargo, uh, John Trench won a double title at 189, and you won a double title at 220. That's right. There you go, man. Way back when. That's probably what, 99? I want to say. That was. Yep, 99, yep, 99, because I went to college, you know, a month later. Nice. So. Nick Ketty. Is he a, he's, a, he's a St. Ed's boy. No, he's from Jersey. <laughs> Ketty beat me in the junior national finals my junior year. Six oh, to man. The heartbreaker. Damn. Okay, we got Muhammad Wall, Sean Stanton, Ruiz, who would be – Ruiz was a Greco world team member or Olympian? I think he was both. Oh, okay. I think right. he made the team, and no, he did not make Beijing, did he? I don't think he made Beijing. No, that's Adam Wheeler. Remember Adam Wheeler? Wheeler beat Ruiz off the team. Uh-huh. Ruiz has got a medal or two, though, and he's been on yeah. quite a few world teams. So, remember, do you remember the one year where he wouldn't wrestle? He gave the other guy the spot because it was a Sunday, and he, he said he couldn't wrestle on a Sunday. Yeah, I do. That was crazy. That. crazy, 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 crazy. Wow! All right, Tommy, we're up yeah, to your weight we class. We've yeah. talked about this bracket before. I don't remember when we talked about this, but we have talked about this bracket before. Because I remember bringing up Mako versus Coleman, the first, the second round match. Oh, yeah. Where he freaking tried to rip his arm off. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Bobby Douglas made Coleman get up and restart the match for a second so that uh, that Mako wouldn't be DQ'd. He would get to continue wrestling. Yeah. Crazy. Um, all right, you got Garrett Lowney in here. You got Steve Mako. You got yourself, who uh, so you got hurt in the quarters? Is that is that correct? Yeah, I was ahead by five or six, and then snapped my ankle and hung on for the win. It looks like it was eleven to seven. I think it was like eleven to nine is the actual score. But they got you're telling me they got it wrong. I think whatever whatever's on this bracket's probably yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and so so you go out to the semis. 
Um, I just couldn't wrestle. I tried to. Couldn't do anything. It was yeah. I I kind of knew it going into it, but my coaches convinced me, and I'm glad actually. They're like, you you got to know that you couldn't have wrestled. You know you got you know what I mean. This, you don't maybe adrenaline takes over whatever. Yeah, definitely. I do remember thinking <laughs> when I was warming up for the match, if I catch Hoy in a headlock and pin him. <laughs> My reward is to get completely undressed tomorrow night against a guy that, even if I'm 100% healthy, I have a hard time beating him. Okay. Going out there on one leg. So you know what I mean? If you say you had Larkoy, but you know you can't do nothing, are you going to go out in the NCAA finals against Steve Mako? I don't know, man. Has anyone ever forfeited the NCAA finals? Because Mako's going to probably try to grab your leg and rip it. I mean, Mako don't play it games. Was, it was that bad that. It was that bad that if I caught Hoy to pin him, it would have been like, I mean, I would have been, you know, mincemeat that next night. You could have pulled, you know, you could have pulled the, uh, you could have pulled the fighting thing and been like, I need to, I need to postpone. I need more time. Give me three months. So you got Pat Cummins, UFC fighter in here. Yep. He's in there. Who else you got? You got Trent Hynek. He he made, no, it was his brother that was in the finals, correct? Right. No. Yeah. Paul Hynek. Paul yes, Heineck. Trent Heineck was one in the NCAA Finals with Steve okay. Neal. Then you got Russ Davey, who was a world team member. Yep. You got Lowney, who was obviously he was a bronze uh, bronze medalist in the <laughs> 2000 Games in Sydney. And then Marco, four-time finalist, Olympian. Justin myself. Stabler, he coaches down the street from me. There you go. He coaches at high school. He's, he's lean, though. He don't look like a heavyweight no more. I think he's like 210 or something. Good for him. I need yeah. to do that. You know who's tough in this bracket? He didn't place this year. He must have been young. Uh, Greg Wagner from Michigan. He was tough. No, he was. Um, he's in this weight? Yeah. I, well, I see him in the Wrestlebacks at least. Oh, Greg Wagner. Yeah, he lost to Scott Coleman first round. That's weird. I thought he was a senior when I was – he was a freshman when I was a senior, huh? No. Yeah, no, he was good, man. Three-time All-American stud. Stud. So this is the year he didn't do it. Well, that was fun, Tom. We're not – we're more than not. We're – we are overtime now. That was fun, though. It's good, I though. We got to we got to keep doing this. We got to have maybe have somebody on and go way back or something. I don't maybe. know. But if we go way back, I'm gonna be kind of lost. So that's right. That's uh, right. But you know who knows? Maybe we go way back. We'll discover some stuff we didn't even realize. I'm sure we would. Like no way, John Smith beat him. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Um. Okay. We got anything well, else I for next- me? I think that was fun. I thought it was fun too. I think I think we should have Bender back on, don't you think? Got have Bender back on. You know, we need to have uh, now that it's offseason, we can have a couple of guests on and just kind of go way back with them and just and just shoot the breeze and, and talk about whatever the heck we want and not really have to focus on any current events that are going on. No doubt, no doubt. Cool. All right, Tommy. Will you have a good night? Thanks. For, All right, brother. Uh, Defense Soap, as always, sponsoring us and uh, keeping us on the air. Sounds good, Ben. Have a good one. All right. Have a good night, Tommy. Thank you, sir. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Brought to you by All Force Nutrition, a wrestling company with products for wrestlers, by wrestlers. They sponsor a, a plethora of senior level athletes, including David Taylor, John Rear, Dustin Schlater, Zach Sanders, and their products are delicious. I've, I've had their post-workout. I've had their pre-workout. Um, I'm even getting old, so I'm taking some of the joint pills. Log on to allforcenutrition.com and, and get some of your products today.